0: So uh, I'm trying to do the right thing as a parent, uh, all, most of the time. And raise my kids both to, uh, to practice nonviolent conflict resolution and to, uh, and to love Star Wars. <laughs> um, which doesn't always go hand in hand because it's about wars in the stars. And so sometimes I get difficult questions from my little uh, Chewbacca around the house. Um, like, why are the Empire and the rebels on different teams? Um, Why do they blast each other with bolts of light? Um, And the hardest of all, why is Darth Vader so mean all the time? (laughs) Um, The prequels couldn't give us a good answer to this question, and so how am I supposed to do that? So like, what do I say to this question? Um, Do I say like, you know, well, his his body hurts, or it's hard for him to breathe, or, you know, he's hangry, and, and he's just grumpy all the time. And so Here's what I go with in my answer uh, because this is a familiar story. Uh, Well, you know, Darth Vader, his life didn't quite work out the way that he imagined and some things happened to him and people weren't nice to him and it left him in a lot of pain and yada, yada, yada. He's a bad father to Leia and to Luke and that's the story of Star Wars and the rest of the story I tell my kids is the story of Luke Skywalker trying his best to help Darth Vader learn to be nice again. (laughs) I know what you're thinking, like my poor kids, (laughs) they're going to get so made fun of when they get to school. Um, But as I explain this, and I'm thinking about this story, um, I start thinking, you know, that's not Darth Vader's story that I'm talking about in this. That's kind of like my story. Along this way in our life, there are some things that happen to us. There's some, some stuff, like some real stuff that's happened to us, or maybe that we've done that other people have done to us. Uh, missed opportunities, regrets that we have, or wounds or patterns of the past, and it hurts sometimes, and it can feel like it's hard to breathe and hard to be free. It might be a story that you could identify with as well. And sometimes the effects of that can be really hard for us to shake, and they can show up in places and ways that we don't expect, right? You, know, you have those like little bitty conflicts over who's gonna do the dishes around the apartment, And all of a sudden it goes from like little deal to big deal in just a split second. And you realize like you just got your lightsaber drawn and you were Kylo Ren swinging it in the general direction of past hurts. If you're not a Star Wars person, don't worry. We're going to talk about other things (laughs) besides that too. But for me so often in those moments, what's really grieving me has nothing to do with the present moment, but everything to do with the stuff like that that baggage from the past that we're pulling along with us in this life and pulling that baggage can weigh us down it can leave us heavy and there's always the fear that as we drag that bag behind us it might break and pour stuff out in the places that we don't want it to or onto people that we don't want it to it can be a cycle but as we've been talking about over these these last weeks of this invitation to be new in the face of all those old cycles. There's this amazing word of hope for us that truly all things can be renewed because the past can, it can shape you, but it does not shackle you. It can remind you, but it does not define you. And we don't have to let the past have power over our present. We can be new. There's a God who who loves you, and knows you and knows your story and is hurt with you and grieved with you and wants so much for you to find freedom in your journey, to be set free, to find new life and new growth and newness, even in spite of the old cycles, to be able to release our hold of the past so that we can find release ourselves. And so often that means like work. It means learning how to deal with the baggage that we're carrying with us, Not to ignore, forget, or to cover over it, but actually to deal with the past and the power that we give it over our present. To learn the lessons of the past, but to let go of all the luggage, right? So that we can live life and love others and love even ourselves. And when we begin to do that work, to make that choice, no matter how faint that first step is, when we choose to do that work, our God is good, our God is able, and our God can transform and woven through the story of our faith uh, is that story of God showing up and making things new. And there's lots of different ways that we're invited to do that and things to do along the way, but there's one way in particular that's kind of woven through the pages and woven through the stories and woven deep, I think, into the heart of our merciful God. And that tool is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Um It's powerful. But it's difficult. It's the hardest of all those like love as you've been loved new visions that God gives to us. But it's a powerful tool for settling with the past, being free in the present, and being who we were built to be in the future. It's a tool to learn from our story, but to keep going and to keep writing new chapters. Forgiveness is a difficult subject. Um, it is hard and complex and challenging it takes different shapes in every situation. And so uh, what I say and what we talk about today may not convince you of this, and that is okay. Um, please hear me with grace in this, and uh, I will try my best not to minimize or sanitize this story, because I know, I know the stories of some of us here in this room. For many of us in this room, stuff has truly gone down in our life, um, and my heart breaks for that. It's real stuff uh, that's serious and it's difficult, and If we were to hear a little bit of your story, we would completely understand if the word forgiveness never came across your lips. So I would never presume to tell you what to do with that. But what I will suggest is this, is that there is hope. There's hope in God in even the most difficult stuff in our life. Even those stones that it seems like no human being could ever roll away, our God, our restorer, renewer, can roll those stones away. A new life can burst forth in places that we would never expect it, <laughs> awaking us anew to the wholeness that's always been there. Our God is a God who does that over and over. But most of all, I think our God is a God who is with the vulnerable, with the voiceless, fiercely protective of the hurting and the harm. And so if that's been you in your journey, know that God starts this restorative work from that place, from that posture, with you and for you always, never above you and never against you. And so that's the heart of what we find in these communities of faith that began to write down the lessons they were learning from God. In the Bible, you find in them this powerful voice for justice, It never minimizes like what's been done or what what we've done ourselves. And if you look at the cross of Christ, you see that God takes these things very seriously. God knows that hurt really hurts and that baggage is truly baggage, but still in the midst of that, God chooses mercy because that's the depth of God's heart, mercy, forgiveness, grace, love that is in and around and under and enabling our own hearts to choose forgiveness and freedom just as it's been done for us, to set us free, to be new in the midst of those old cycles. So I'm serious about the Bible's perspective on this. I'm not just giving lip service to it. So to prove it to you, I want to show you one just awesome verse in the Bible. This is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. It starts, be angry. Um, there's your sermon for today. Go in peace. Um, <laughs> there's more, of course. There's more, of course, but I, I think it's great. Um, because there are things that do and that should make us angry. Um, But it doesn't stop there. It says, be angry, but do not sin. Don't do harm to others or yourself in your anger. And it continues, do not let the sun go down on your anger, uh, which is a a beautiful thought, a, a powerful relational principle but just know this, it is not being literal <laughs> in this verse. Or else, like, we just moved to Iceland, where for half the year the sun doesn't go down, and we'd stay angry all the time. Um, and then if you wanted to, you could go down to the southern hemisphere and start all over again. Um, but what it is saying, I think, in this is simple, but it's profound. It's simply asking us the question, how many times does the sun need to set and rise and set and rise before we do the work to begin to work to deal with the past, with the source Of our anger, and it's a subtle invitation to choose to deal with our stuff. But it's there—an invitation to step out of the past and begin to live in the present, to do the work to grow toward a new kind of future. And so, there's places where where the writings of the communities of faith try to give us wisdom on what that work looks like, and we find that perspective all kinds of places. But one I want to share with you today is from the Book of Proverbs, which is kind of like a, a book of wisdom. And they kind of make a case for the why of forgiveness, why we might forgive and begin to deal with the past. And this is what it says in in chapter 17, verse nine. It says, one who forgives an affront fosters love, but one who dwells on disputes will alienate a friend. Now, it does say, again, one who forgives an affront, implying that a real affront has occurred. It's not saying like, it's no big deal, just get over it. Something has really been done. Uh, some, you maybe it's, it's something you've done in that. But even still, even with that affront, there's a choice to, let, to not let the past keep us from growing, but instead, in the forgiveness of that affront, to foster love. And I appreciate that it says foster in this, not like um, forgiveness makes everything better immediately in this. Because in many ways, the choice to forgive is the beginning of a process. Forgiveness is part of a process that potentially later might lead to restoration or reconciliation of a relationship. But those are two different things. The growth that forgiveness fosters does not always end in the restoration of a relationship and sometimes not even renewed contact with the person if it's not safe or healthy. But the choice to forgive is the beginning of fostering an environment in which something new can grow new life in you, in your relationship with another, in all of your relationships. It's like going out to a a cluttered field and pulling the rocks and the weeds out of the field to begin to help our lives be a fertile place where God can grow us in love. The alternative choice that Proverbs lays out for us is to be one who dwells on disputes. Dwells like literally means to live in the past, to live under the power of the past, under the the power of the worst things that have ever been done to us and just to stay there. Why in the world would we let the brokenness of the past and the brokenness of others barricade us in our lives? Because there's life ahead. And when we keep moving and keep growing, we keep fostering, growth, but one who dwells in those places, it says, will alienate a friend. And oftentimes, (laughs) this is the way it goes in my life, oftentimes it's not even the friend who wronged us initially, it's new friends in new places, with new co-workers, in new situations. And we can end up sometimes alienating the people that we care about the most. But in the same way, forgiveness, that choice begin to make our lives fertile places so that no matter the past, that our relationships, all of our relationships can be more healthy as we foster health with others, with our God, and with ourselves. And you know people, like you know people who've done that, who fostered that growth in their life, and you meet them, and they seem so incredibly well-adjusted, and then you hear their story, and you're just blown away. How? How did you get over that happening? It seems like something that would ruin you, and yet you don't seem ruined. And over and over again, the answer that those people give us is the same. Well, I, I decided to forgive. I made a choice, and it was hard, but I made a choice to start letting go of the baggage, to stop dragging it around with me, to stop letting the past have power over my present and be set free. I mean, how long, how many sunrises and sunsets was I supposed to carry that with me? And so I made a choice. And God began to work in that fertile field to foster and grow something new. And they say, and now I look back at the past and I'm reminded by it, but I'm not defined by it. And in some way, God has worked in the midst of all of that stuff to make me the person that I am today because that's what our God does. But of course, those are not the stories that like pop culture lifts up in movies and in pop songs. And so in our mind, when someone hurts us, all we can think about is all of those imagined movie conversations where you get the person in your sights and there's a crowd that gathers around you like it's an 80s movie and they're banging on the cafeteria tables and they're chanting your name and somebody's holding up a boombox that's playing the Rocky theme and you get ready and you get them in your sights and you just lay into that person and you give them everything that you've been thinking for all those years. We always imagine it that way. Um, but I don't know about you, but my never turn out quite like that. But even when I get a chance to say everything, and it comes out perfectly, it may feel better in the adrenaline of the moment, but it doesn't fix things. It doesn't foster things. It doesn't heal stuff. It doesn't end the cycle of vengeance and hurts and vengeance and hurt and vengeance and hurt. What ends the cycle is forgiveness inviting God into these relationships, stepping from the past, creating an environment that fosters something new, and letting God work. Forgiveness isn't about saying to someone else, you're free. In some ways, it's about saying to ourselves, I'm free of that cycle, of whatever that person did to me, of the effects of it, of the effects of 18-year-old me's choices whatever it is that you're carrying. The past can remind you, but it doesn't define you. Your defined identity is sure. You're a child of God, colorfully made, dearly loved, and no matter what has been done to you or what has been said to you. So there's this invitation to set ourselves free from these external consequences, of the brokenness of this world that sometimes we carry with us too long, to begin to open ourselves up to a God who can break the cycles. So that's kind of a picture of what Proverbs said the why of forgiveness might be for us. And we've said that, you know, what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not erasure. It's not pretending like something didn't happen or that it didn't hurt. It's not about overlooking abusive patterns, certainly. It's not the same as a reconciled relationship, but it does create the environment in which real retribution and real reconciliation can be fostered. And something new can grow. And so if, if forgiveness is not those things, then, then what is it? Well, the word in the Bible that is used for forgiveness is this little Greek word that means to cancel a debt. Forgiveness means to cancel a debt. And I think this is instructive, so go with me on this little journey. When someone wounds us in our life, when someone does something to us, they really incur a debt to us. It's real. Uh, We feel like they owe us something. We think back on uh, maybe someone who may have taken a part of our childhood. We feel like, in some ways, that we're owed that. Or we think about the workplace and someone who took our reputation, or our influence, or took our promotion. We feel like we're owed that debt. With family, with parents, with kids, and partners, often we feel we feel like we're owed respect or rights that someone owes to us that we're not getting. And so we have these debts that we accumulate over the course of our lives and, and it's like we're holding out these, these empty debt collection buckets, <laughs> waiting for the person to come and pay us back for what they took from us. And here's the thing about that. The people who wounded us in our lives can never pay us back what they owe us. So often they're, they're gone. They may never realize what they've done, but even if they did, even if they came back and they asked our forgiveness and they gave us the best apology anyone has ever given, it would be good and it would be better. But they still can't give us back the past. And so we stand there with buckets out oftentimes waiting for someone to come and pay us back something that they simply cannot do. So instead, what we do is in our cycles, we take those old debts and we carry them into new relationships with our family, with new friends, into our new job, and we're asking people over and over again, "Hey, hey, hey! Um, I've got something I need you to fill for me." And there's nothing that anyone can ever do to fill that hole enough, but God can. The God who loves you more than you can imagine, who has purpose for you and meaning and fulfillment, who can take your pain and give you purpose, who can take your story and help you find yourself and write new chapters who can fill your soul. The God who can fill it because the God wove it together. And to get there, to begin to take those steps, God invites us to do something risky and radical and kind of ridiculous when you look at it, to forgive the debts to say to the debts that we've accumulated along the way, to those people who've wounded us in the past, you will not have power over my present and you will not affect the potential of my future. I'm not gonna keep standing around with my bucket through another series of sunrise and sunset. Healing starts for me now. And so forgiveness is saying, I cancel the debt. I'm going to stop waiting for the past or the person to pay me back. The debts are canceled and forgiven. Not that you didn't wound me, but that I am choosing to move first so that I can move on to pardon you, to forgive as I've been forgiven. Canceling the debt does not always mean to restore a relationship, renew contacts, or to ignore the patterns, certainly. But when you cancel a debt in a ledger, you don't erase it like it was never there. You cross through it, and you don't go back and collect from it and reach out for it and hold out that bucket. And so canceling a debt is that choice that we make that invites us to make the first move no matter the deservedness of the other person or their ability to pay because the first move is about us, about our disposition. Forgiveness happens in our hearts long before we ever get to the other person. We're invited to get our hearts straight, to set down our bucket, and then, if appropriate, to go to the person for reconciliation, but when we set down our bucket, that conversation is different because when our need for repayment is different, when we're not fighting past battles and, and looking to be repaid for past wounds, the outcome of the conversation can be pointed forward, towards something new, towards something that fosters life from the fertile ground of a heart that has chosen forgiveness. We move first so that we can move on, and in its place, we pursue kindness toward ourselves, toward life, toward the other person. We pursue kindness in your relationship toward your past in your disposition toward that other person and even toward yourself. And we look instead to be filled by the God who loves you more than you can imagine, has purpose for you and fulfillment and meaning, and we look there to be filled. Something happens when we stop asking others and ourselves to fill us up in ways that it just simply cannot. When we set that debt free, something happens when we're not relying on our own life and our own ability to fill us, but instead leaning on our creator, the only one who could ever do anything about the stuff that we're carrying, who's merciful to us and in mercy making us new. We choose to forgive as we've been forgiven and let our love be shaped by God's love as we've been loved. We intersect our little ability and our love with this much bigger love that's more powerful than debt or death that can move the stones that you feel like will be there for the rest of your life and bring something new. And somewhere down the road, somewhere down the road, when we turn around and we look back, we realize that what could have ruined us did not. But instead, Something has been fostered, something has grown, cycles have been broken and we find ourselves filled and life and love fostered. We look back and we realize that we're free. So I've been thinking about, about forgiveness um, over the last weeks as I prepared for this um, and almost chickened out from <laughs> like, talking about this because it's such a difficult subject. But I've been thinking about, about my dad and I've been thinking about my dad and his dad. And I've shared part of this story with you before, but I want to unpack it a little bit more today. Um, my dad, who's the, um, the youngest one in that picture, and his dad is the oldest one in that picture. My dad's dad was not the greatest guy in the world. We'll just say that. Um, in my dad's childhood, he had a, had a pretty serious drinking problem that led him to do um, you know, uh, the stuff you'd imagine. And and my dad, for a long time, carried with him the baggage of the past. His brothers tried to get him out of the house, but they couldn't. And so my dad grew up in that environment, and carried with him all of that stuff. And and for years, he spent time rebelling and running away from the pain, and rightfully so. But but just dragging that baggage along with him wherever he went. So later in college, um, he experienced like a transformation. God grabbed hold of his life and renewed his spirit in a powerful way, and. My dad experienced grace and forgiveness and mercy for himself, that incredibly transcendent grace that comes from God. But my dad felt that for him, in order to be free, he needed to get some stuff straight with his dad to deal with it. And so he decided in college to go back home uh, for the summer. But before he went, he spent some time just getting his heart straight in preparation for going. Uh, For him, it was like canceling a debt, just releasing that bucket of expectation and forgiving his dad so that when he went home, he could have a fresh start and foster something new. And so as he went home, he he decided to do this amazingly crazy thing, if you know some of the stories of those years. Um, My dad went, and the first thing he did was ask forgiveness of his father for the rebellion and the way that he'd responded. And He could only do that because his life intersected with something so much bigger than makes sense because something totally God happens when we choose to forgive. We're set free in this way that allows us to give life to other people rather than to ask in debt for life back for them to fill us up. And in that moment... I don't know, there wasn't an epiphany conversation or anything, but something in my dad's dad changed. My dad came home, their relationship began to be new and different and better. It grew, and life was fostered between them in a new way, and for a little while, they had a little of that thing that my dad always hoped for, a father and son. But it wasn't long before my grandfather um, had a stroke. He'd lived hard, and my dad ended up being home with him, being the one who took care of him and taking care of that person for, who for so long he harbored rightful anger and resentment against. And in that process of, of caring for him over those days, um, being able to give him grace, my dad found compassion for his father. Compassion and empathy because he knew that, that his father carried bitterness from his father and he found empathy for that years of unending cycle that sometimes can just keep going through the generations because the story behind the story is that my dad's dad had an eighth grade education his father had forced him to go to work at a young age and he never got to finish high school he never got those opportunities and he carried with him always this resentment and this wound and this anger that he dragged like baggage behind him all along the way, and it led him to treat my dad and the rest of his family in a way that was just broken. because hurt people hurt people. But in choosing the courageous, risky, ridiculous choice of canceling the debt, in place of anger, my father was able to find empathy and compassion for his father. was able to to forgive him, and even more, to begin to love him in a different way and to foster a relationship. Because of that, because of forgiveness, I believe for most of my life, I didn't know anything about this story. When I knew my dad, uh, he was the best guy that I could know. That pattern of vengeance and anger and hatred had been broken by forgiveness. And in the end, um, my dad looks back on his dad's relationship. And he said, you know, we had a fulfilled relationship because I didn't let the sun go down on my dad's life, on my life, without dealing with that stuff. And that's the hope of what our God does. When instead of clenching our fist, we open our hands, God begins to grow new life in us and breaks the old cycles and builds us into people that we never thought we could be again, clears the slate, makes our life a fertile place where growth can happen. So as I was talking to my dad about this story, um, he told me something. He told me, during the years growing up, he played football in middle school and high school. And all those years, um, his dad came to one football game when he was in high school. And that just, that blew me away because here's who my dad was after forgiveness, after growth, after God worked in his life, setting him free from the baggage of the past. I played soccer, um, middle school, high school, select club. I played soccer in lots of different places and different cities across the area. You know how many games my dad came to? Every single one. Somehow the cycle was broken. father and son healed in a way that gives me a chance (laughs) to continue to live out that fostering, growing cycle with my kids. Because when we forgive, when we choose to cancel the debt, God does something amazing in us, sets us free. And we can be reminded of the past, but we don't have to be defined by it. We can be shaped by it, but we're not shackled to it. And God can even use that past to make us new in the present and fill our souls in a way that is unexplainable. And so I say this, whatever you're carrying, the the debts that you have in your life, they might be big and real. And it might seem like a stone that could never be rolled away, but God can. It might seem like a debt that can never be filled, but God can, and even more than that, God does. God can break the cycles and make us new. So it's a word for us who really seek that for ourselves, for this community, for us in the world as we be people who are new. There's a word of hope. There's a word of challenge for us. Don't let the sun go down on whatever it is that you're carrying. Do whatever you can to let go of the baggage, to cancel the debts. Because when grace sets you free, you're free indeed. New, filled, and in mercy we find mercy. And in kindness and life to be the fullness of who God built us to be. By the grace, by the power, by the heart of a good God of love, of forgiveness in life, who is making All things new, especially us. Let's open our hands. Let's open our hearts. Let's let our lives be places that foster life and love no matter what. Let's pray together. Gracious God, your call on our lives is pretty radical, Um, pretty big sometimes. Uh, And it's hard to get our our head around it. And so thank you for uh, helping us take these steps. God, some of us are carrying real stuff. um, Real, real, real stuff. We thank you that you are a God of the vulnerable. That you are especially with the hurt and the harmed. God, and so thank you for being with Us in our deepest places. But God, we don't wanna stay there. Uh, We don't wanna be barricaded in by the brokenness of the past. We want to be made new. And so God, help us to have the courage to deal with this, to deal with it in you. God, you are a God who restores and renews and makes all things new. And so we open ourselves to you. God, give us courage. God, give us hope. But most of all, God, give us your incredible, transforming, all-making-new, all-setting-free, all-filling love. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. As we we think through this, uh, we're going to sing a song that just invites us to take courage in the midst of things, in the middle of things, to live with courage in our life. This is something that God invites us into to intersect our lives with something even greater, uh, a love that is so incredibly powerful. And so whatever that looks like for you, um, I just invite you to to make a choice today, to, to begin to take a step uh, forward from the past toward future. We'll pass the offering baskets, but we'll also be invited just to offer our hearts to a God who's with us every step of the way.